Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man, one new humanity, getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar, oh, the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Well, I have someone that I have not personally met, but I have admired her and her family from afar. Uh, you've probably heard of uh, T.L. and Daisy Osborne, and I have her daughter, uh, Dr. LaDonna Osborne, and uh, LaDonna uh, I have so many questions, I might get tongue-tied trying to get them all out at once. Uh, but for starters, I want to just start with you. Uh, what is uh, your favorite miracle that you saw under your parents' ministry? Mm, that's such a hard question to answer. But the one that really comes to my mind is the miracle of Karimu. He was a Muslim beggar who was healed in my folks' crusade in uh, Ibadan, Nigeria, probably back in the 70s. What, what was wrong enormous, with him? He was, he was crippled. He had had polio, mm -hmm. and it left his legs very shriveled. He walked around with uh, car tires uh, wrapped on his knees and wooden blocks in his hands. And so he walked on his knees and his hands. And he had been a. Boy, talk, about a, a talk, talk about a horrible life, a horrible oh, predicament. My. Well, we would call him a professional beggar hmm. because he had, this is very sophisticated, he had a circuit that he would go around uh, every day for 30 days, and then he would uh, repeat that circuit the next month. And this is significant mm -hmm. to his miracle story. He had been paralyzed or, or withered in that way for 38 years, four months, and three days. So, so I imagine man, a lot of people that were in the path of his circuit for all of those years, they knew <laughs> what was wrong with him. Yes, this man was, it was a notable miracle, exactly, because everyone knew him. Now, what was funny, he was a very devout Muslim, and he did not want to come to our crusade. But one of the people on his circuit happened to be the king of Ibadan, who was a wonderful Christian and, in fact, the chairman of our crusade. And so when Karimu came around to get his alm or his, his little gift from the, from the king, uh, the king walked out and said to him, Karimu, go to the crusade. And, of course, Karimu, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, he had no choice but to go. So he stayed way at the back of the crowd, just respectfully being there, listen to the message. My father preached on Jesus alive. Karimu listened. He was disinterested. Time for the prayer. Uh, he did bow his head. He was reverent. And as he was uh, just waiting, he felt that two men, one on either side, picked him up out of the dust, and he thought that was very kind. After the prayer, he turned to say thank you, and of course, no one was there. He looked down. He was standing on his legs. Now, Sid, that man just was crazy. He came running to the platform. I remember it as if it was yesterday. So, so the two men were angels. They were angels. Wow. With the power of God lifted Kadimu. Have you ever seen an angel? 
I've never seen an angel. Well, I did. I was on my way, I believe it was to uh, Siberia or Russia uh, many, many years ago, and that was before we had our cell phones, uh, and it was a pay phone, and I had to use a, a, a certain code uh, to dial. And there was someone in the next booth, and I thought, well, he's looking at my code, so I'm going to cover this up. And then I looked at him, and I probably gave him a dirty look, uh, and, and, and I called, uh, and, and then I, I keep looking at him, you know, what is he watching me so much for? And then I turn around, and he's not there. And so I turn around, there's a, a long, long, you know, at airports, they have these long corridors. Well, he couldn't have gone anywhere because it was just seconds when I turned around and I would have seen him. So I understand that. Okay. But I didn't go quite as berserk as, as this guy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was so beautiful, of course, everyone knew him. When he came to the platform, he grabbed the microphone from my father and he was like he was in a frenzy. He was shaking that microphone and he was shouting to the people, it's true, it's true, it's true. Jesus is alive. He's alive. How could he do this to me if he were not alive? And of course, the crowd went wild. It was just a marvelous, marvelous miracle. And, you know, we followed that man until he finally passed away uh, years later. But he became a just a notable evangelist in Nigeria after that healing. And my mother gave him a new name. He came to her, and he says, I want a Christian name. Karimu is a Muslim name. And she said, uh, I give you the name Cornelius. From that day, he became Cornelius, the healed man of God. I'll, I'll tell you, at Passover, we say, it would have been enough if God had just done this. Oh, you know, it yes. would have been enough if that was yes. all that God did. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I have to, I have to uh, tell you this, uh, that when the Osbournes share how they went from total failure uh, to, uh, let, me, let me read this quote from the historians. The historians tell us that the Osbournes had more miracles than anyone in history. And a lot of people are not as familiar with the Osbournes because their miracles uh, were mostly in other countries. In fact, right. uh, another quote, they evangelized more people in developing nations than anyone else in history. Uh, and it was because uh, it was pre-internet uh, and, and pre those times. Uh, but uh, uh, Daisy uh, uh, Osborne, from what I understand, uh, she was the um, the instigator on a lot of things that happened. That's but uh, but but when they share their story of these miracles, that and how they got from failure to to being at that at that level, which is the highest level, I understand more people have miracles when they share that than anything else they do. Is that is that true? Ladonna? It is true. Isn't it amazing? And and the. To me, their story and what you've just described is such an encouragement to people, people who have an idea about what religion is and how about religious people and how difficult it must be to, to do anything great in a religious or spiritual realm. My folks were such simple people, farmers, very little education, but the great thing that they had was absolute faith in God and in His Word, that if Jesus said something, he meant it. 
and they could depend on it. And that kind of childlike faith just catapulted them. God was able to use them. They never took credit for themselves. They never boasted of any particular gift. They never even boasted of a particular calling. They just, they had experiences in their life that drove them. As you mentioned, that failure that they experienced, things that drove them to find God's answer. How do we really help people? People who are sincere, they're searching. Maybe they have a, a religion. Maybe they be a, de- a devout Muslim or, or Hindu or, or Buddhist, whatever. Maybe they have no idea of, if, is there a God? How do we reach them? If God is true, if Jesus really is the one who has the hope and the solution for every human problem, how do we bring them into that truth and into relationship uh, well, with let this me, wonderful let God? Me, let me kind of go uh, a little bit historical, uh, but just brief. Uh, I'm, I'm going to streamline it. Uh, okay. in, in 45, your parents, uh, their dream was to go to India and reach those that had never heard the gospel. Uh, But they were hugely unsuccessful. Uh, They they didn't realize what they were going to bump into. Uh, They were trying God's plan B, C, D, E, F. They didn't know God's plan Mm -hmm. A for reaching the unreached Mm -hmm. people. Uh, And and so uh, they came back. uh, They started pastoring. Uh, and they were searching for answers, as you said. But uh, then in, uh, they went to a Charles Price meeting, but uh, it was, there was a Reverend uh, Hammond who replaced him at the last minute, and she talked about having a vision with Jesus. And then in around 47 or 48, your dad had a vision of Jesus. Tell me That's about that. Right. That's right. That that happened the very morning after that they heard Hetty Hammond preach at that conference. And her title was, If You Ever See Jesus, You'll Never Be the Same. I would agree and with were, that. <laughs> <laughs> and they they were just so broken after what they had seen in India so, and felt so helpless to do anything. And after Jesus appeared to my father, everything changed. Sid, the way my mother described it, because... Apparently, Jesus appeared to him at about 6 in the morning, but he didn't come out of the bedroom until in the afternoon. She got up. She took care of the children, my brother and me. And when he came out of the bedroom, she said, I looked at him, and I knew I had a new husband. Hmm. And he said to her, Daisy, I'm a changed man. I'm no longer a denominational man. I'm a Jesus man. Now, I was told that when he had his encounter with Jesus, he was literally to the floor all that time. Mm-hmm. That's yes. why he didn't come out. Yes, yes, he couldn't move. No, he, he just would always say how tears ran from his eyes, but he wasn't aware of crying. Just the awesome presence of the Lord. But there was another milestone, and I sure wish that I had been able to see this. Uh, there, there was a man by the name of Branham that as far as I can discern from what I read and study, he had the greatest gift of accuracy with healing. If he would say someone's going to be healed, <laughs> he would go even better than that. He'd say what was wrong with him before he even knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, it was one of the most precise gifts of healing that I have ever, ever heard of. So they saw that meeting, and 
uh, they saw one notable miracle that affected your dad. Tell me about it. Brother Branham preached a message uh, titled, Where Does Sickness Come From? And, of course, that was funny to my parents because they thought, well, everyone knows that. Sicknesses come from germs. (laughs) (laughs) Now, remember, my folks were good Pentecostal people. They fasted. They prayed. They really prayed long and hard, foamed at the mouth. I mean, they did the Pentecostal thing. And I mean no disrespect. We are Pentecostal people. (laughs) But uh, Brother Branham preached the message that showed from the Scripture that sickness began to happen after the fall and that so sickness came from the devil it was never god's plan and then he showed how jesus would address spirits of disease or spirits of infirmity or unclean spirits and cast them out and then of course jesus gave that same authority to his disciples and they cast out demons the early church healed the sick delivered people And so he showed that Jesus' power was greater than the power of the enemy who put sickness on people. Well, that that just blew my parents away. They'd never heard anything like that. Well, Brother Branham then had a prayer line, and sick people came across for him to lay hands on them. The first miracle is the one you're referring to. It was a little girl who was born deaf and dumb or mute. He put his fingers in her ears, and he said the simplest prayer. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I adjure you, Satan, spirit of deafness and dumbness, leave this girl and enter her no more. And that's all there was to it. He took his fingers out of her ears, and she could hear everything instantly, clearly, repeat every word. Now, between between you and me. When they, when they saw that miracle, I mean, if they were Pentecostal, they've seen miracles in the past. <laughs> well, Why, what, what, yes. what made that so different? Well, what, what the way my father would tell it in reflection, he'd say, we were Pentecostal. We knew God could heal, and we prayed for the sick every Friday night. And he would say, we didn't see many miracles, but sometimes a miracle would happen, and mm-hmm. we never knew why, but we rejoiced. So yes, in their in their tradition, there was no question that God could heal. But that was what was funny to my father later, that we prayed for the sick, but we really didn't know why God would heal or that he would for sure. So when they saw yeah, this you, man, know, you know the religious phrase, God works in mysterious <laughs> ways, but not for his children. His children, it shouldn't be a mystery. We should right. all understand. <laughs> exactly. It's so simple. And that was what amazed my folks. It was so simple. And when they saw that miracle, that showed them that India and the failure of the past did not have to ever be repeated. They could stand before people of any religion, of any of any culture or tradition, any pagan uh, lifestyle, and declare the word of God, and demons would have to go people would be healed. Okay, your dad heard something. What was it? That night when he saw that miracle, he said it was like 10,000 voices whirling over his head saying, you can do that. You can do that. That's what Jesus did. That's what the disciples did. That's what the early church did. You can do that. That's the answer. You can do that. That was an absolute transforming experience. And and here's the exciting thing. 
what those that those voices were saying to T.L. Osborne, uh-huh. they're saying to you right now. They're saying, if T.L. can do it, you can. Because yeah. I found out that T.L. didn't work in exceptional gifting. He didn't have the words no. of knowledge of a William Branham. Uh, no. he, he just was a, a farmer, as LaDonna said. And he would get up there and he would say, because what he did uh, after he heard this is he started studying the Gospels, the book of Acts. And then he, he went off to Jamaica. Uh, and according to my notes here, 90 blind people, that was his first meeting after this, 90 right. blind people got their sight back. 125 deaf and mute people could hear and speak. And I tell you, in fact, I'm so excited about his book because this is, according to LaDonna, his classic, his his best book that we're making available to you. It's called Biblical Healing. It's so simple. Uh, it, it's so easy. Uh, in fact, I don't think, I, I have never read anything that your father put in print that wasn't simple and easy to understand. Yeah, exactly. And I'm telling you, we're coming into a time in, in which God is going to show himself off. And you need this simple yet thorough training that, how many people would you say have read your mother and father's materials and then uh, been able to do what they do? My, tens of thousands, everywhere I go, all over the world. People will come to me and tell me about reading different books. This one, for example, Biblical Healing. And they say, I read it, I've taught it, it's changed my ministry, changed my life. I go to the market, I pray for people, I go to the hospital. I see miracles all the time. Okay. So so you're right, this makes it so simple. So, LaDonna, we're going to give the book by T.L. Osborne, Biblical Healings, we're going to take your three CD series by LaDonna, uh, Physical Healing, and uh, we have to include a bonus. Here's the bonus. Uh-huh. We're going to include a CD of uh, LaDonna's mother and father sharing in detail their evolution to going from seeing a miracle once in a great while. Back in 1955, uh, there was a miracle. No, no, no to making them miracles, thousands, wherever they would go. And when he shares this, he has more miracles than anything he's ever done. We're going to put this all together in a package for you and make it available for an investment of $45. Why do I say investment? Because any profits we make, or if you put extra money in, is poured into Jewish ministry. And I have got good news for you. This is the set time to favor Zion. When we come back, I'm going to find, I really have to find out with LaDonna. She was really raised on the platform at meetings watching this as a little child. You might have been playing with dolls or something. She was watching miracles. Be right back. <laughs> Call our order only line 1 800 447 2697. 1-800-447-2697. Uh, Sid Roth here with something more, and I have uh, LaDonna Osborne on the telephone. She's the daughter of T.L. and Daisy Osborne, and the Osborne family pioneered mass prayer 
for mass miracles. Uh, they, they were first in so many different areas. Uh, but uh, as I was telling LaDonna uh, before we went on the air, her father had a visitation of Jesus. Her mother had a visitation of Jesus. And according to this, LaDonna, you had at a young age a visitation of Jesus. And I said, I protest. That's unfair. I mean, (laughs) three people in a family having a visitation of Jesus. I mean, let's spread the wealth around a little. Tell me about your visitation. What happened? I was seven years old. And I, you can imagine being raised in this ministry that I had heard thousands of gospel sermons. We had family devotions. I knew the Bible. I really loved Jesus, but I had never accepted him into my own heart. And we know that you can't be born a Christian. You have to make a personal, individual decision to accept what Jesus Christ did at the cross for you personally and receive his forgiveness and his life. Well, that I was in this auditorium, seven years old, just sitting there like I had many times. Uh, but during the preaching, and this was not my parents preaching, it was another person, something began to happen. And I saw a cross come up behind the preacher, behind the preacher above the platform. And hanging on that cross was Jesus. And blood was all over his body. Now, as a child... I don't know how I understood that Jesus was on that cross because of my sin. And he was on that cross for my sin because he loved me. And I was overwhelmed with that love of Jesus that I could could see so visibly. And so, of course, I got off my chair, fell off that floor, and just began to sob. Just as I was just weeping. And in my heart, I was saying, Jesus, I'm so sorry for my sin. I want you to forgive me. I know you forgive me. I know you love me. But then I, I, I was stumped because I, I knew I should give something back, and I didn't have anything. I was a little missionary girl. I didn't have any toys. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any influence. So I just blurted out, and I said, Jesus, I have nothing to give you, but I'll give you my life. <laughs> and wow, a load lifted off of me. Now, I can't explain this. But a load, how how much sin can a child commit? You see, it's not about the actions or the deeds. It's that condition of sin that that affects every human person that put that load, that guilt on me. But when I accepted Jesus, that load lifted. And I learned, of course, later that all he really wanted was my life. (laughs) He didn't need my toys. He just wanted my life. So, yes, I see that scene as clearly as when I was seven years old. Okay, LaDonna, you traveled all over the world as a child with your parents. Um, uh, What was it like? I mean, did you, I've heard of preacher's kids that uh, uh, they they think, well, I've never lived like the people in the world. I want to go try that for a time. Uh, Did you, it's called backslidden. Did you ever try that? I never did. I do know what you're saying is so true. Um, I really fell in love with Jesus, Sid. Now, I, I'm, I'm sure I faced as many temptations as any other kid. I've made my mistakes like everyone else. But I tell you, I fell in love with Jesus and pleasing him and serving him. 
and knowing that, you know, that scripture that talks about that one day that we stand before the Lord and, and he'll say to some, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Even as a child, I could lay in, I would lay in my bed and just cry thinking about Jesus saying to me one day, well done, good and faithful servant. I have to tell you, as you tell me this, you, you're really provoking me to jealousy. You see, coming from a Jewish background, uh, I wasn't a believer in the Messiah until I was 30, and you have no idea uh, what a, a, a heads up you had over me, having spent 30 years in the world before I became a believer. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, then I would have had a great testimony. No, 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 no. I would much have preferred to be the way you did. I, I want you to paint me a picture, LaDonna. Okay. You're on a platform somewhere in the world with your parents as a young person, if I was there or those that are watching us right now were there, uh, what would we have seen? Pick a meeting be, and describe oh, it to me. All right. We're sitting on a very crude platform, and there are stairs on either side. There's a banner up behind us that spreads across the platform that says, in the language of the people, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever platform is filled with pastors and we're sitting on the front row and and we're looking there's two microphones standing for my father or mother and an interpreter and from the edge of the platform as far as the eye can see there are people they are pressed so tight oh i can hardly describe this without emotion because such hurting people come when they're invited to find hope and solution And Jesus is that hope. So we sit there, the breeze blows, the interpreter's voice is is echoing across the people. The people are staring. They're they're almost in shock. Their mouths open what they're hearing. Some of the breeze brings to your nostrils the smell of disease. You hear the barking dogs. You You just see hopelessness. But the sound of the good news of Jesus, is heralded across those people. And you know, Sid, wherever Christ's truth is proclaimed, it's as though we're placing Christ himself among the people so that they can experience him and believe on him and receive him. And that's what happens. By the time my father or mother would ask the people if they wanted to receive Jesus, This is the same as I see today. It seems as though 100% of the hands go up. I I have to ask you this question because this is is stunning to me. Uh, Your father uh, had what we Jewish people call chutzpah, which means holy (laughs) nerve. And why do I say this? He would get up in front of thousands of people, Muslims, Hindus, uh, witch doctors, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and he would say, according to my notes, if this one, he was praying for one, is not healed, don't believe anything I say. How That's could right. he have that? I, I mean, do you realize, LaDonna, if that person wasn't healed, uh, they wouldn't be walking out. They may have, The people might be walking towards him. <laughs> That's right. But Jesus is the one who's the healer, and he wants the people 
to know him. I know, know but I, I know that, but I know myself. I can't make anyone be healed. I, I mean, of your dad not. couldn't heal anyone. Mm -hmm. So when he would say that, he would have such trust, such childlike trust That's in it. Jesus. And That's somehow, it. if he hadn't said it, he might not have seen what he saw. That's I don't know. Right. You tell me. <laughs> Let me tell you a wonderful illustration of that. He was in uh, uh, Lubumbashi, uh, it was Zaire at the time, now it's Democratic mm -hmm. Republic of Congo. And a man was there, a large man, he came angry. He was a Muslim, he did not want this foreigner deceiving the people, so he came and brought uh, a woman from a village who was blind. And his purpose was, if that woman is not healed, and he had a whip under his robe. He says, I'm going to take this whip, and I'm going to beat that man in front of all this crowd, and we're going to run him out of town. <laughs> well, of course, you know what happened. The blind woman was healed. And this man, his name was Alexander, he was so shocked. He fell on the ground and repented. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, God, I know I, know I was wrong. Forgive me. Please don't strike me dead. He accepted Christ, came and testified. Did you know that man became the planter of churches all over Zaire, more than 6,000 churches all over that nation? From that one fact that you can put God to the test because it's his word that he is always ready to perform. So, so tell me, LaDonna, do you do the same thing? Do you make a such a, do you have that holy uh, boldness? Chutzpah? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and to me, it is, it seems strange for any believer who would not just stand on the Word of God. If Jesus said it, he's going to back it up. The only hindrance is our own doubt, our own lack of belief, or our own intelligence, could I say? We become so smart, we can't just accept the Word of God for what it is. The Word of God is powerful, and God is behind it. You know that. I know that. But yes, I go to places. In recent years, I haven't had to, but for most of the time, I just traveled alone, go to places that people shouldn't got go, <laughs> wouldn't be safe at all for a woman to go. But do you know, when God sends me, he can keep me. He performs his word. And while there have been many threats, there has never been an incident. I've been delivered out of all of them. Now, I asked you at the start of the show, uh, tell me a notable miracle that you saw with your parents. Tell me a notable miracle that you saw from your ministry. Oh, there are so, so, so many. One that I love to share uh, is the story of a little boy. He was six years old, and he came to our, our crusade in uh, Mizoram. This is a restricted area of India. Mm -hmm. And he was born with no knee in his right leg. It happened that in that particular crusade, uh, they were televising everything from beginning to end. It was going nationwide. And uh, this little boy, was he heard about the miracles. And he told his father, if you will take me to that place, I'll be healed. Now, that's, well, that course, is faith. That is faith. That's, that's faith. childlike faith, as that a matter of fact. Absolutely. That's the ultimate. Well, the father didn't want to come because it was very, very crowded, huge multitudes. The, the, all the streets were jammed with cars. It was just almost impossible to get to the grounds. Uh, 
But the boy wouldn't give up. Get me there and I'll be healed. Well, finally the father said to him, are you sure? And the little boy said, yes. So he put him on his shoulders and walked all the way to the grounds. Now, I was told this later when they came to testify, but said when as soon as the father's foot touched the grounds, the little boy said, okay, put me down. The father put him down. He was completely healed. A kneecap had been creatively restored to that child. And, of course, they came to testify, and the people were amazed. But only God can do these things. You realize, LaDonna, that is a creative miracle. It's a creative miracle. And any scientifically-minded person would have said to you, impossible. But it's too yes. late for you, LaDonna. You've seen too, too much. Too late for me. Too late for you. <laughs> It's yes, too sir. late for me, yes, too. Sir. <laughs> yes, sir. See, if, Ed, if, if people can only just trust God, they will see these kind of miracles also. These are not just isolated phenomenon. No, miracles are, are the manifestation or the proof of God's Word. And it's just very clear. All we have to do is believe. Not experiment, not test, not just let's check it out. No, just believe. And how do you believe if you haven't seen what LaDonna Taylor has seen, what T.L. Osborne has seen? Uh, well, you know, you, you, you've never seen stuff like that. How, how do you just cold turkey just start believing? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it begins with a real experience with Jesus Christ. Because when you have that real experience, then... You know as well as I that something in your heart is changed. And God in his mercy, he actually gives us a capacity to believe in what we have not yet seen. But once we experience Jesus and we learn to walk with him and trust him and we, we let him come and be involved in our daily lives, then we study his word and we listen to his words, we see his actions and as we're acquainted with him, that capacity to believe becomes very powerful. The Apostle Paul says it simply, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But in my vernacular, I would just say, you get to know him and trust him. Then whatever he says, you know is absolutely and, true. And, and, and what I believe is when they get a hold of your parents' book, biblical healing and get hold of your three CD series uh, about uh, uh, the best teaching you have on miracles and then the bonus CD Jesus visited our house in which you'll hear TL and Daisy both you know going back and forth and sharing in which more miracles occur uh, than anything they've ever done when people That's just right. listen to this teaching. Uh, uh, here, here are the three words that I love. The, the book and the teaching of LaDonna, the three CDs and the bonus, simple, proven, powerful. You see, LaDonna is building on the shoulders of her pioneer parents. Uh, and I want to get this entire healing package in your hands. Uh, this is such, such an amazing time that we're living in right now. If I could choose any time on the planet to be alive, it would be now. This is the wrap-up. We are going to see one of the 
greatest harvests of souls in history. We're, we're going to see uh, not just a revival, as we were talking yesterday in our prayer meeting. We're not going to just see a revival. We're going to see an awakening where entire countries are going to come to the Lord. And I have to believe, LaDonna, God has positioned you, but I believe there are people that are watching me right now, LaDonna, that when they get a hold of this book, what, what, what is the feedback? And we asked you which of all the books they did is the most important. What's the feedback you get on biblical healings by uh, your dad? This is, this is the book that produces so many miracles. It's not just information about healing. It is, it's for sick people, and it's to train Christians, believers, in how to minister healing to others. So these, these people, are, people are writing us all the time, every country I go to, saying, my life was changed. Now we know how to see the power of God. I'm telling you, these are such, such practical, not only faith-building, but life-changing materials. I'm just, I'm just so delighted that uh, your your friends and, and listeners are going to be able to have access to this great treasure. Uh, you know, Yolanda, you said this, and uh, that you haven't lived uh, a per- perfect, uh, per- uh, you know, perfection type life. You had a daughter that died. You had a son that was addicted to drugs and probably would have died if uh, God hadn't intervened. Uh, but with, as a matter of fact. I have to, have to believe that what happened to your son, uh, do you have a son or daughter that you're believing is going to sell out for Jesus? I happen to believe when we come back, I want to talk about uh, your son, Tommy LaDonna, mm-hmm. uh, because I believe it's going to give such hope for those that are mm-hmm. viewing right now. Wow. But make an investment in souls. Going to the Jew first, $45. You get healed yourself and then heal everyone you can lay hands on. We'll be right back. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Well, Sid Roth here with something more. I'm ready for more. Aren't you ready for more? Uh, you know, when I wrote my song, There Must Be Something More, before I was a believer and I was in college, uh, I knew there was something more, but I didn't know about Jesus. And I found Jesus, but then I found out something amazing after I found Jesus, that I can have more and more and more of him. It never stops. And, and that's, that's what I want for you. I want you to hunger and thirst for righteousness because the Messiah himself said, if you'll hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. And you're about ready to be filled because I have on the telephone LaDonna Osborne, uh, daughter of T.L. and Daisy Osborne. And uh, LaDonna, uh, I met your son, Tommy. And it's almost hard to to believe that he got as low as he got. Tell me what happened to Tommy. And as a mother, it must have really been difficult on you. You are saying true words. He was about 14. And his heart was just, just turning away from the Lord. It's, he had seen everything, been with us in ministry. But it was it was like he he needed to prove to himself that this was true so he investigated all the eastern religions and was just going against everything he had been taught just rebellious just rebellious 
And by the time he was 16, he was, of course, drinking and addicted to drugs, literally had destroyed his mind. He couldn't say a complete sentence. He was just he was just ruined. And during that time, you know, uh, your your children really don't want to listen to you as a parent. I understood that. I was the last person Tommy wanted to talk to listen to. And so I just I just they'll, they'll listen they'll, they'll, you know they'll listen to some dumb person down the street that doesn't kidding. know his left hand yeah. from his right hand That's and right. a mother that what that that has had all the experience and and, right. and and loves him more than That's anyone right. on the planet give that, her life for him yeah they, these young kids are dumb <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry well and our society especially uh, it seems to foster that kind of a rebellious independent disrespectful response from from the children but all i could do as a mother and i say this as, as an encouragement to any parent who has raised their child to know the lord but their child has turned away i i came to the point that i knew all i could do was number one put tommy in god's hands knowing that he loved tommy even more than i did and he had lots of ways to get through to tommy when I couldn't, God could. And I just would, I would walk the floor at night just thanking God for rescuing my son. I didn't shed tears of, of hopelessness. I just, I just declared that he belonged to God, and I, was, I, I, would, I, I believed that God was rescuing him. Well, of course, Tommy had a marvelous experience with the Lord, a personal encounter when he was on a drug high. I know he told you all about it. And during that encounter, he just responded, Jesus, okay. And he stopped fighting, and he was delivered instantly from drugs, from alcohol, his life was turned around. He became an instant soul winner. Yeah, so you know, as a proud mama, which you are, tell me about your son today. What, what the transformation? He has become, uh, number one, he's an evangelist. So he and his wife, and now they have five children, they have been to over 50 nations of the world. Their their ministry is frontier This is a kid that was about ready to die. This was a kid that turned from God. And you think you have a problem with your kid? <laughs> I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you what I want you to do, LaDonna. I believe that if you pray for those who have children that have not sold out to the Lord, uh, that I, I believe we're going to have more answers to prayer from this prayer at this moment yes. than you have ever had in your life, LaDonna. Yes, yes, I want to pray. I want to pray for these parents. Now listen to me, folk. Some of you who are listening, you raised your children in faith. You took them to church. You read the Bible to them, but they've gone astray. But there's others of you that you raised your children while you were not serving the Lord. And you look back with regret over the things that happened in the home and the influence that you were on your children. I want to tell you, nothing is too hard for God. So I'm just going to pray for you that you will have faith to believe that God can reach your child. It's never too late. And we're going to just agree together that these children are going to encounter God. He knows how to reach them wherever they are in a way that gets their attention. And this is a breakthrough time. Let's just agree together. Heavenly Father, I lift my voice to you on behalf of these parents. 
Some have raised their children the way they were instructed by your word. Others have not. They didn't know to. But together, as parents, trusting you as the Lord, the one who woos people, the one who by your spirit can convict hearts and bring our children home, thank you that right now, Young men, young women, whether they're in prison, whether they're out on the street, whether, they, whether they're just living rebellious in the home, it does not matter. We stand on the word of God that the children will come back. Thank you, Father, that when we cast our impossible cares on you, you come through with miracles. So we say thank you in advance. Give courage to these parents. Give them faith to believe that Nothing is too hard for you, and may they begin hearing from their children. Thank you. They'll report into Sid's program. They'll let him know about the miracles. We'll hear the testimonies because you are faithful, and we say thank you in Jesus' name. And don't you Amen. dare forget something that LaDonna said. After she believed that her son would be restored, she didn't walk around saying, oh, please, God. She walked around saying, my son is restored. My son is whole. From this moment on, my daughter, my son, they are serving God. You got it? Okay. Now, I need you to do something, LaDonna, uh, because it would, it would be a tragedy not to have you pray for the sick with everything that happens in your ministry. But would you talk for about five minutes of uh, whatever God, the Holy Spirit shows you to build our faith for a miracle, and then I want you to pray for one. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You know, everyone has a need in their life. You, you're listening to me now. You, you, you're thinking. You're, you're actually beginning to think about things that only God can do. There are physical problems. There's financial problems. There's relationship problems. But you see, we've seen so many physical healing miracles that it's easy for me to agree with you that God can do what you need. We, we see something very wonderful in the Scripture. There's a story of a leper that came to Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. A leper is a person who, in Jesus' day, had to live isolated. They were considered unclean. And according to Jewish custom, they, if they came near people, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Now imagine if all of your, of your life was surrounded by that, by that psyche, that idea, that self-image, that you're unclean, could never be around people, no one wanted to touch you, you were not welcome in society, your life was not able to make contribution to the community. Imagine. When the scripture says that a leper came to Jesus, now we're, we're seeing the display of a desperate man. And I think sometimes when we receive a miracle, we have to come to that place of desperation where we've, we're not willing to look anywhere else, but we just come to the Lord and say, I'm coming to you in faith. Have mercy on me. Well, this leper came and we don't have a record that he called out unclean. Maybe he had heard that Jesus was, was a healer or gracious. But he came and he said, if you want to, you can heal me. Now to me, that's, that's so, so often the cry that comes out of our hearts when we have a need. We know there's a God. We know he can do whatever he wants to do. But does he care? Does he want to heal you? Does he want to step into your situation? 
Sometimes we don't feel worthy. You may have done things in your life that 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 devil continues to remind you you're not worthy. You're not worthy. That's the way this leper came. He said, "If you want to, you can heal me." Now the Bible says that Jesus immediately touched the leper. Now that was unheard of. That would have traditionally made Jesus unclean, but he touched the leper. Oh my friends, Jesus touches you in the place that you feel the most unworthy, wherever your need is the greatest. And his touch does not make him contaminated, but it brings life and healing to your body, to your circumstance. Believe that. So when Jesus said, I want to be clean, the scripture says immediately his flesh was cleansed and, and of course he was healed. But this story tells us that, number one, Jesus wants to heal you. And, of course, whatever other problem you need, whatever other miracle that you need in your life, believe that God is the one who brings blessing. He brings healing. He's not the one that puts burden or sickness or temptation or guilt or or poverty. He's not the author of those things. He's the one who brings peace and calm and healing and provision. We trust him for that. That's his character. That's his word. So we know he wants to. According to the scripture, when Jesus went to the cross, he suffered. He suffered to pay the full penalty of our sin. And the scripture says that by his stripes we were healed. This means that through his suffering, our disease, our pain, our contamination, all that is against God's plan for you was carried away by the sacrifice of Jesus. So now, all that's lacking is that we know he did that and that we believe he did it for us. I want to pray for you. Uh, LaDonna, before you you pray, uh, I want them to realize the outrageous, (laughs) they are outrageous miracles that happens when this woman prays. Uh, For instance, uh, I have three uh, from recent uh, campaigns that you've had. Uh, Tell me about, uh, very briefly though, uh, the the woman from Malawi that had a tumor. uh, How big was this tumor? Yes, she had a tumor that was the size of a nine-month pregnancy, and they, she had carried this tumor for nine years. So she was known in her village as the pregnant lady. And she came, she heard about Jesus, she believed. And all that night, she said about every five minutes, she was up going to the bathroom, passing this terrible black stuff. By the next morning, that stomach was flat, that tumor was completely gone. She came and gave testimony. Can, can, can cancer stand cancer. against the name of Jesus? Cannot, cannot. A man came in in one of our uh, one of our crusades. Came out of the hospital. He had cancer of the brain. He was hmm. he had tubes out of every part of his body. He came out of that ambulance. He was completely healed, healed instantly by the power of God. Nothing's too hard for God. Real quick, tell me about the boy in Liberia that was healed in his left eye. That child, oh my goodness, he had he was blind in his in his left eye. He had he had had a surgery, and it had caused him to go blind. And he stayed in front of the, of the platform every service, crying out, praying, praying, praying on the last day. That boy's eyes came open. He was perfectly healed. Sid, 
blind eyes come open, deaf ears come open, running sores, leprous type sores, this, this uh, elephantiasis this that makes huge legs, waterhead babies, it's a hydrocephalitis. Oh, okay, guess what? Uh, my faith level is zoomed. I, don't, I know Hallelujah. yours says too. I want you to pray now. <laughs> Oh, believe, believe whatever you need. (laughs) My friend, lay your hand wherever you want Jesus to lay his hand. Close your eyes and see him laying his hand on you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand on your word, your word of promise. You have declared yourself, I am the Lord, your healer. We take that promise to ourselves. And I come against every spirit of disease, every infirmity, Every limitation that the enemy of God has put on these people who are looking to Jesus as the healer. And I command these spirits, every one of you, to leave the people. Take your pain, take your symptoms, and be gone in Jesus' name. For we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ declaring that the sick are healed. Whatever problem you have had right now, begin to believe for your miracle. Just in your heart, say, thank you, Jesus, for my miracle. Thank you for my healing. Thank you that my life, my health is being restored. Thank you that the pain is leaving. Thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. My body is not the house of disease. It's the temple of God. I receive you, Lord Jesus as my master and Lord and my healer right now. Now say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It is so according to your faith. Don't fear. Only believe. I I have to tell you something. We're going to get so many great reports, but there are people with arthritis, pain in your your elbows. I really see this. All of your body pain. It's just dropping off. All that pain is dropping off. But here's the most wonderful thing about LaDonna and her parents who are now in heaven. Uh, Her father was just a, a simple farmer. He didn't have any great gifts, but he taught his daughter what he knew from the Bible. And, and I, I, I love it uh, where you talk about how simple this teaching is, how powerful this teaching is, uh, how, how, uh, how it's going to transform your life. It's so simple. So I want to get the book, the, the classic by T.L. Osborne, Biblical Healing, the three best teaching CDs by LaDonna and a bonus. It's called Jesus Visited Our House by T.L. and Daisy Osborne. They report more miracles. You see, I want you to have this, first of all, for you to be healed, but second of all, because healing is the uh, commercial, if you will, of God that causes people to be open, whether they're Hindu or Jewish or Muslim, to be open to the gospel. We're making it available for an investment of $45. I I do these outreaches all over the world for Jewish people. Uh, My last outreach, over 500 Jewish people, after they saw miracles, not before, stood up and boldly proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah. By the way, that wasn't in some little city in the United States. That was in Jerusalem, Israel. And I guarantee you, I am as normal and common as any human that ever lived. And anything that LaDonna can do, 
anything that our parents can do, anything that I can do, it's all God. We're nothing. He's everything. And and I'm going to tell you, you're going to reach souls, get you healed, and have you impact your world. So (laughs) this is Sid Roth saying, there really is something more. Go for it. Go for the gold. Why do I say go for the gold? Because it's yours. Take it. Take it. (laughs) Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision. But Scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.